Well, what's up, Dustin? We're in the deconstruction zone. The decon zone. Yeah. Um, I'm usually behind the camera. Today I'm on this side because Emily couldn't be here. But we still have a pastor and a comedian. Well, that is true. But I'm not deconstructing anything. That's true. Uh, Well, maybe I am. Who knows? What's going on? Can we start off by me telling you what really pissed me off today? Yes, I hope you will. That's all I ever want. Uh, so you know that I've been trying to grow my hair out. Like I'm, I yes. want this, and you, but you're looking at me like, oh, your hair's shorter. You didn't say that, but my hair's not long. It's not long. I went in today, and I said, uh, and you haven't gone into a hair Take cutter a in a while. No, I don't. <laughs> I do my own. But I they're, went. I don't in, think they're called hair cutters either. Barber. <laughs> Hairstylist barber. And hair I cutter. said, very like, and this person has cut my hair before. She knows what I'm going for. I said, hey. I want a one on the sides faded up. You do not have to touch the top at all. Yeah. Um, and we've had this. I'm growing my hair out. And so, and I talked to my wife about this. And she's like, well, why didn't you tell them to stop? Because they cut it a little bit. And she's like, well, because I was hanging out and I trust this person like, looking at my phone, doing my thing. And I just feel her just chop like an inch off. And I'm like, and it's <laughs> like, it looks great. It's fine. Whatever. I'm happy. I, the look of it's great. But it's like, that's like. Three weeks of growth right there that oh, I just lost. man. That's like, like years for me. Years? Years. So I was a little pissed this morning. I don't blame you. I was sending some angry messages to my wife, and she did not understand. She was not into it. Um, she didn't get it. So I'm deconstructing my, my hairstylist at the moment. Man. You know, the problem that people with beautiful heads of hair have, you know, it's just really... It's really a tough thing to have to it's go through. It's a tough through. life. Yeah, I'm really sorry for you guys. Do you? So I've seen these on TikTok, like the like these handheld ones. Like, what do you do? Are you just like bicking it, or what are you doing? No, I I've done everything. I've bicked. I've used all you know professional clippers like uh-huh. they. I just use like a little trimmer buzz buzzer, uh-huh. and that's it. I I like it when there's just like a tiny bit of hair, especially like how it feels with a hat on. Or whatever. Like, I don't like being, like, skin bald. Sure. Because – and I also don't like the way it grows out. It grows out uneven. So mm. then you either have to – you either have to be, like, every other day you're bicking it, which I've done for – I did for years. Yeah. Or – and I'm then you just get lazy. Or you just go, all right, I'm just going to let it ride. And then once you buzz it, it grows back even if you use the buzzer thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I have that thing that you hold in your hand. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Not, not the one I have. I mean, I've heard there's ones that are like 185 bucks. Yeah, me There's a lore in the bald community. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have that one. I think yeah. I think Leo was like, look at when I got you. And it was like $8 <laughs> from a guy in the back of a van. I will say that – and I don't know how this works out. Maybe we could talk about how God has a greater plan in the midst of this. Uh, but I see that people that go bald, they have wonderful shaped heads. Yours is included. Like your head was meant to be bald. I, I, feel, I feel super, super blessed that I don't have a goofy head. I don't think that's entirely true. I mean there's a lot of bald people with goofy looking heads. Maybe. I feel Even like- famous people sometimes, certain angles you'll see and be like, hey. Maybe. I, I feel like I look and I'm like – like I have a friend, he grew a man bun, but he had this like really thin on the top, and finally he's just like, "I'm shaving it." Did I'm he like, leave the man bun? <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> he cut the man bun, but he's got this huge beard, and I'm like, "You're like, I would have never imagined him bald." 
And I'm like, you look perfect bald. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think most people probably look okay bald. I mean, our heads are shaped how our heads are shaped. I mean, my, I have chicken pox scars, and I feel like I have a weird lumpy head. You might. I think most people feel that way, and it's probably not mm-hmm. true. Well, I think this is interesting. I like this idea. I mean, you've been with me or with Emily. Have you and Emily done an episode without me before? No. No. We gotta make that happen sometime. But we've done this a few times. You've been in front of the camera, but I want people to get to know you a little better. Okay. Just use your bathroom before I came down here. You have the best bathroom picture in a guest bathroom <laughs> I've ever seen. I think maybe you can put it on the screen even. Sure. Maybe I right could, here. I could do that, yeah. Uh, but tell like explain to people if they walked in and they looked left, what would they see <laughs> right when they walked in your bathroom? Uh there's a painting of me um winking at you uh while you're using the restroom. Yeah. How yeah. did you come in? Like I remember we Zoomed, like, we, even before we started, like, early in the well, we did, like, this interest meeting over Zoom, I think, mm-hmm. and you were on your phone, and you're walking in, and I can't remember, like, you didn't go to the bathroom, but you were, like, we were sharing an interesting thing about us, and you're like, oh, I got to show you guys oh, this, yeah, and yeah. that was the I first time that. I saw it. Yeah, so uh, I owned, uh, I co-owned a art gallery in Florida for mm-hmm. a time being, and we had national international and local artists submit their work and we have a new show every month and one month uh a friend of mine who went to my church uh uh his mother is an artist and a painter okay and she had there's a photo of me doing that i don't okay. know, i don't even know we'll have to put it on the thing. you probably don't even know where the picture is anymore the original photo do you have it? no i don't know what it is yeah. i don't even know it's probably on facebook that's probably okay. where she got it but uh so she painted it and she actually submitted it to our art gallery and it got accepted i didn't even know <laughs> and so i walk up to on mm-hmm. opening night like friday night like when the show was opening and i walk up and there it is on the wall and she's standing right under it. And I just, <laughs> I just get this humongous grin on my face. Cause I mean, it's awesome. And it, I never was, I don't think she ever thought in a million, she's a nice lady, probably yeah. in her late sixties. Like, I don't think she was thinking like, they're going to put this in the bathroom. Uh, but my wife thought it was funny. So, so you guys bought it. No, she, she gave it. To gave me. it to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, how long did you do the art gallery thing for? Years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. It was fun. I mean, it was one of many little, we always have little, you know, little yeah. things, little projects we're working on. Yeah. Like so, this? Like this, yeah. This like is in my basement. In your basement. Yeah. Um, well, so usually, like, I mean, you know this because you're watching all these, but maybe someone's listening for the first time, watching on the, for the first time. Like, we've made a rhythm. Like, we check in with Emily because yeah. this kind of follows her deconstruction journey, uh, but she's not here today. And mm-hmm. so um, we're not going to do that. But I thought what an interesting thing to do instead of that, because you have been – a part of this journey from the beginning and you've been kind of open about like, Hey, where is this going to go? Like, mm-hmm. am I totally into this? Like I remember the first time we did it, like you were pumped cause we were friends to get to do this and yeah. we, cool. We become better friends since doing this, sure. but I think you were like, I'm not exactly sure what this is going to be. Yeah. And so I would just be interested. Like we're, we're at episode 50 today. Uh, we're about to hit our year. I'm almost 50 years old. You're almost 50, which is, are you, are you 49? I'll be 49 in August. Okay. Well, happy almost birthday. You know, um, so we're getting closer. Like it, we're right. We're hitting benchmarks right now. Like just a few months ago or weeks ago, we had a year from like our first Mm -hmm. pre-production meeting. Mm -hmm. I think this week was the week we recorded like three of our first episodes. Um, and then they came out here in a couple of weeks. It'll be a year from when they started coming out. Yeah. 
And so I just would be interested to see that's like a, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, I I remember us talking early on like, is this going to go? Like, how long are we going to do this? We weren't even sure if we were going to go weekly. So to go mm-hmm. fifty two consecutive weeks, it's incredible. Is pretty wild. I mean, we even talked about not recording today and maybe taking a break. But right. like, I want to keep yeah the train moving. Let's keep. I mean, you know, you got momentum. Got momentum. So. so so I'd be interested, like from your from fifty weeks in the can now, yeah. Like from where you were to when I first like pitched this idea to you, to where you are now. Like, what has been the most interesting thing, most enlightening thing, biggest shift, surprising, I, any of stuff like that? Well, I mean, for starters, I didn't know, I didn't really know if I could get on board with the concept. Yeah, you know, you are more liberal than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm more conservative. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always learning. I'm always, I'm open to hearing people's thoughts and pe- opinions yeah. and feelings. Um, and I think that we should all like act like Jesus and, yeah. and I'm pretty rebellious in, in, mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the and I was a pastor for 25 years. And in that time, you know, I was usually in some sort of trouble, you know, mm-hmm. or I'd, I'd irked someone or I'd said something I wasn't supposed to, but I, I generally like that Jesus was rebellious and, and that he was, he would do the thing that the opposite thing that the religious people yeah. really wanted him to do. And so I think that was when you pitched this to me, even though I was kind of like, well, I'm not really sure. I, I felt like, I felt like it was really cool that a pastor would walk along someone who didn't maybe have the same belief system values. Like I'm not saying Emily doesn't, but like if somebody comes to the, you know, to a pastor and says, Hey, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I've been doing this my whole life. I don't want to do this anymore. It's not my thing. You want to hang out and talk about how I don't want to do this anymore. Generally not like a good use of that pastor's time or whatever. And so like, to me, it was, I was like, I don't know, but I thought that was cool that you would say, yeah, you know what? If this person's going to walk away from this thing that they've believed their whole life and have really dedicated themselves to entirely, mm-hmm. if they're going to do that, um, I'd like to walk alongside them just so that they remember. I, you didn't say this to me, but this was my perception. Just so that they remember kind of on their way out, hey, there's still people in this faith that love you and God still loves you. and. Yeah, even though it feels like you're not alone, you're not alone, right? Yeah, exactly. And so that was that was really cool to me. And but there's been many times where we've been in the middle of this and I'm like, okay, we're making content that's going out on the internet that could be on the internet forever. Yeah. And well not could be it. Yeah, and could potentially um lead people astray, you know, is the Christian way to say it. Uh, I don't know if it would or not. So I, I really, I did have some times where I struggled with it. I had to pray about it. And then I really think at the end of the day, I think discourse is really important. I think conversations are very, very important. I think being open hearted and being able to listen is important. And, um, and I trust that God is smarter, stronger, more appealing than I'll ever be. So, yeah. Yeah. What's interesting too, for me is like, I think, and it's, we focus a lot on Emily in this, right? Like it's her journey. And so it, it would easy to be like where she was 50 weeks ago to now is really interesting. But like where you, like, I think all of us have like made a shift. Like I think just me personally from day one to now, I really wasn't sure 
what we were doing, I yeah. guess. Like I, my perception early on was like, I am helping this person walk through deconstruction and, and we've talked about this before. Someone else pitched her a podcast about it. Right. And the way it was pitched to her was like to walk her out of it. And that's not really what I pitched, but being kind of honest, I don't know that I didn't think that's kind of what was happening. Sure. Right? Like I was, and maybe if I was being more honest, it was like walking her out of like just walking her out of conservative Christianity to progressive Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I actually want to talk to her about today. So the next time we record, we'll, yeah. her and I'll talk about it. But like, I was really interested that like we went through a really long season of her having no faith like that. I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if you go back and listen to the first or watch the first really five to 10 episodes, she's pretty far like marching down. Like I don't agree with conservative Christianity, but I'm still a Christian. Right. Right. And then really for like almost 30 episodes, 30 weeks, like the better part of a year, she's like, I don't really know what I think. Um, I don't know if I believe in this faith thing. Like, so I was really interested and I think kind of surprised by the fact that real deconstruction happened. Um, and I think it changed my perception of deconstruction probably. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I, I'm very pro deconstruction. I think that it's, um, it can be a good thing, but even if you look at the way we talked about it, I was always talking about it and still do in terms of a discipleship journey. Mm -hmm. But I think one thing I realized now 50 ish weeks in is that even if it ends with some level of reconstruction or entry back into the church, that the path is not linear. Like I think I thought it was going to be faster, Mm -hmm. cleaner, and it was just a way different process than I imagined yeah. it would be, um, which I really dig. Like my perceptions, thoughts, and opinions on life, faith, and deconstruction have, I think, really shifted from day one to now. Yeah, I, I mean, I I from at the beginning thought it was silly. Like hmm. I didn't understand necessarily what it even meant because I think Christians have been wrestling with their faith. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, that we're called to do that in the Bible. Um, Right. To work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so it's like, well, I mean, we were told to do that. Like, but now there's like this new fangled, like, like fly. I don't know if not fly by night, but what's it called? Like when there's something that's like a, a trend, like this trend yeah. that's like, Hey, we have a new trend. It's called deconstruction. And yeah. that's when you question your faith. Well, I mean, you know, lots and lots and lots of uh, high school students graduate from high school, go off to college and don't have don't go to church or don't practice any kind of, right. you know, prayer or Bible reading, even though they did their whole life. They went to youth group because they're finally like, oh, I, you know, my parents aren't making me yeah, go. I can choose for myself. Yeah. There's, you know, the the Amish. Is it the Amish or the Mennonites or somebody Amish, does? Yeah. does uh, Rumspringer. Rumspringer. Yeah. And you're like, we wanted to. We wanted to distill an alcohol and call it rum springer. Like, yeah, I thought that'd be funny, but um, but they like they have it. They they call it something. There's a time you get to go sow your wild oats, whatever that is. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really totally understand. Like, if you're gonna leave, just go. Yeah, I don't understand why we have to have seven hundred hours of conversations about this thing. <laughs> it's like if you've if you if in your heart you're like, there's no God. Uh, okay. Well, deuces, you know, like you don't have to have a podcast about it. Uh, (laughs) it, It's just, you just don't come anymore. Like you used to come, now you don't come. And then, and I'm not talking about Emily specifically, I just mean in general. And then, you know, obviously I realize over, over this 50 weeks that, okay, like it's way more nuanced than that. Like, it's not like you just flip a switch and you don't believe anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, Emily has been going through all kinds of stuff trying to figure out her her path and kind of but she does say a lot of things that isn't she talks about a god 
in a Jesus, in a faith, in a religion. I don't know. It's not mine. You yeah. know? So like, and that's what she grew up with. Right. And I didn't grow up with that. So, uh, when she talks about certain things, like the way God, how she feels, God looks at her and feels about her. I'm just like, yo, like that's a very different. Yeah. It's one of the Jesus areas that I, I feel know. like you, it's the biggest area where it's like, I can tell that you two specifically, but even me, like are holding a different set of cards mm-hmm. when you're talking about something, right? Like you guys could be talking about the same God, but like viewing it very differently. Right. Yeah. And Emily said that before. She's like, I just wish I viewed God the way you guys did. Right. Yeah. But was handed a different, Image. Well, I mean, but I don't I, – and then I go, okay, I understand that. So you were trained a certain way. It's really hard to to move away from that. But just read just read the Gospels. Just read Jesus and go, you know, who is Jesus? What was he doing? Yeah. How did he treat people? Like, look at that. And then that's the only one I know. Yeah. I, I kind of – if I'm being totally honest, like this – it's not – I'm not trying to be blasphemous, but hmm. I really kind of see God as like, oh, this is the God of the Old Testament. And he smoked people and he was pissed off and he wanted obedience and perfection. And, and somehow, even though he knows everything, he didn't realize that we couldn't measure up to that. Sure. And so, you know, and, and then so I kind of look at them like they're different. I realize that they're not like if yeah. I really think about it. But the truth of the matter is, like, there's a lot of days where I'm just like a Jesus follower. Yeah. And I don't know, like, it, it like takes like energy for me to like talk to the Holy Spirit because I forget. Yeah. And to get around, like, yeah, that other stuff, right? Like, yeah. that the God of the Old Testament's a lot more complicated, and to mm-hmm. kind of fix your eyes on Jesus makes it a little easier. Yeah, I mean, Jesus was cool, and God seemed kind of like he was uptight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I also think what's interesting, and he's kind of dipped into this, like, the term deconstruction, like, we talked about this early on when you and I just got a beer one time, we're talking about, like, I think we called this postmodernism, like, mm-hmm. when I was in college, right? right? And yep. it's like, so the... And it was wrestling at some point. Like, yeah. And so what is interesting to me is like what Emily's doing and so many are doing, what I'm doing and you've done throughout this journey and other points in our life isn't new. But what's interesting is like deconstruction and why I think this podcast has been important is like we're reclaiming a word that I think was probably, and this is speculation, I feel like deconstruction was probably created by a frustrated evangelical somewhere that was like they're de- like deconstructing, taking part of the thing I care about. Yeah. And, like, I think the first person to use it didn't mean it positively. And yeah. we've kind of embraced it. And so what I really liked about this podcast is that I think we're reclaiming a word that a group of people view as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. And I think when I said earlier, as we were just talking, like, I view it as a discipleship, I really still think that. Like, I think this is just a part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is, like, pulling things away and yeah. and reexamining things and evaluating and, and changing and and asking, like, why does the God of the Old Testament seem like an a-hole or aloof yeah, or yeah. removed? And why does Jesus seem so dope? And how do I reconcile those things? Well, and how are they the same person? Yeah. But they're different, but they're the same. It's almost like multiple personalities, you know? Yeah. I can be a real jerk sometimes to my family, but I can also love them really well. How can I do both those things? Well, yeah. But but then, then again, God doesn't have the same kind of whims and and bad attitudes and bad days and wake up on the wrong side of the beds as I do. So right. it's all very, you know, it's, it's just, it's just all very interesting and confusing. And anybody that pretends like they got it all worked out is a liar. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just not true. I mean, the deepest theologians, you know, you read these, these people who have studied the Greek and the Hebrew, everything. And then, and it's cool, man, it's cool to listen to them. And it's cool to hear, you know, how they, how they talk about 
specific um, verses and, 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 and letters, you know, in the Bible and, and passages and how they're written in specific poetic language. And we don't, we don't really talk about that that yeah. much. I Did mean, you listen to my sermon this last Sunday? No, because you yeah. didn't send it to me so I could edit it. <laughs> so you talked I just talked a little bit about that last Sunday. Yeah. So um, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. And if you don't, if we don't have the right context, all we have is face value. And if you're a person who believes that the Bible, you know, is, is, inf- is infallible or is, is, uh, written and you're supposed to just read it as is, and you're supposed to be able to understand it. Um, I, I think context is important. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, being joking, aside, that's a little bit I talked about this Sunday is this idea. Someone commented on our TikTok, and we're in a series right now at the well, um, called the comment section. Where we're looking at comments. And one of the mm-hmm. comments was a church that doesn't, a church that doesn't believe in the Bible isn't a church at all or something like mm-hmm. that. And so I was like, well, that's a loaded comment. And so there's two real things under that. I was like, what is a church and mm-hmm. what does it mean to have a high value of scripture? Talked a little about the church. But when I talked about the Bible, I was like, this is a amalgamation of poetic literature, historical literature, mm-hmm. wisdom literature, like all of these different things. So it's not like a start to finish novel. Right. It's not a history book. Yeah. It's not all poetry, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like you kind of have to take it for what it is. And then when you read 66 books consecutively to pull it out and be like, what did I get out of the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Right. But we read it kind of like it's a novel. Mm-hmm. And it's just – which is so funny because it's not chronologically in order. No. Um, it contradicts itself. It's been it, written by a lot of different authors. A lot of different authors. It's I, it's equally, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound heretical, but it's equal parts not reliable and reliable, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like the fact that there's contradictions in it like makes it ir- non-reliable, mm-hmm. but then you're like it's reliable because it was breathed by the Holy Spirit, right? Like right. it was inspired by God. Well, and then some people argue that there there's not contradictions. They can all become explained and then they, you know, people, they, they, they deep dive it and try to figure out how to explain each nuance and thing. And then I just go, yeah, but then like, just like, do you trust God? Like, do you trust that? Like, that's what faith is. Yeah. If you have to understand it all, be able to explain it all. Yeah. And how everything works out. Oh, the, you know, the numbers game for like this. Oh, well, there's no way that Bethlehem and the star and the, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, you're like, I don't know, man. I'm not a scientist. Like, yeah. I just, I, you know, and I don't know what, like, was Jonah real? Was, was it just a metaphor? Honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me. You yeah. Know? Job, all that stuff. Like, did it happen or was it a story? Well, Jesus is constantly just telling stories. Right. And they didn't happen. You know, yeah. they're just stories. Isn't that interesting thing to consider? It's like he never once is like, let me tell you a real story about a real – like, maybe he did and I'm forgetting. Yeah. But most of them were like, here are fake stories about fake people to preach to an end. Well, because you're a moron and you're not going to understand it if I explained it like at the level I can explain it. Yeah. But because you can't understand it, I'm just going to tell this cartoon story like you're watching the Flintstones on Sunday yeah. morning eating your cereal. And you're going to get it. And then when you get it, you're going to go, oh, okay. Jesus wants me to be like this to other people or whatever. And, and that's yeah. what it's also know. a sign of like Jesus being really culturally relevant, right? Yeah. Cause he's telling stories to people about in cartoon, easy versions, mm-hmm. but about characters that in situations they really relate to. Yeah. But now like we're in 2023 and we're like, but we can't do that now. Like we couldn't make things relevant right. and like tell a story in a way that makes sense to us. Right. And I just think it's really, cause it's like, if Jesus is the first preacher or the preacher Christians modeled themselves after, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like he was a storyteller. Yeah. Based I mean, in eternal truths with fictitious stories. Yeah. It, it, I just, I love, there's nothing about you. I, like I friggin' he's the, yeah. He's the know. bee's knees. He's the man. Yeah. Cat's pajamas. Um, yeah, I was, you said something that sparked something that I was thinking about a second ago. Like, so I talked to, I think it was last week or two. I was talking about reading 
the problem of pain mm-hmm. uh, with by C.S. Lewis. But one of the things he talks about really early on is like uh, he's kind of self-deprecating, but essentially like I'm not a deep theologian. Like right. I'm going, and I think yeah, and he is, and he is. But I think, and I don't think it was false humility. I think he was like so reverent to like the complexity of theology, yeah, in scripture. And I think sometimes. And I fall in this trap too. I'm like, well, I'm seminary trained and I can look at the Greek lexicon, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, if we had a little more like humility about like, I'm just not going to know all the answers to this mm-hmm. and I'm going to try my best to use my human brain mm-hmm. to comprehend this, mm-hmm. but there's still going to be gaps. I wonder like how much healthier our theology would be if it wasn't so ultimate and static, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause Jesus was human. He was mm-hmm. human. Like he had human like he 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 felt the feelings he you know grieved he loved he he did all those things and i think that that's part of it i mean for him to come here and 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 express himself the way that he did it's the it's the pinnacle there's not like there every theologian should be more like him every every theologian should be like bob goff in my opinion yeah you know it's like here's a guy who is incredibly approachable incredibly loving incredibly like inclusive and yet at the same time, like, you know, he, he does that. I used to think uh-huh. now I think, and they're all, that's just like how Jesus, like, it's so how Jesus would have been. Yeah. You heard it this way, but I still right. yeah, exactly. Way. And he's just doing that over in it. And he, of course he's doing it on purpose because he's freaking genius. He's very brilliant. But it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, I want to be friends with Bob Goff. And I think that's what people probably felt about Jesus. That's why they, the crowds came from all over the place. Yeah. And no one really like is beating down the door at the Bryson house to be friends with me. You know what I mean? So like what, how do I, how do we as human beings be those kinds of people? Mm. Even if it's just a one person it's or the neighbor or people at work, you know, I recently had a, a friend from Austin when we lived there, write a post about Leah and my wife and I, uh, uh, and just like, it was a, like they saw a memory and they reshared it. And then they expressed how they felt about a time that was very, very difficult for her and how we, kind of showed up for her and I, th- this is not a humble brag this was i read it and i almost started crying because i can't that's probably the last time and it was like nine years ago mm. that i did something like that i feel like mm. that warranted that kind of kindness back to me you know mm. and i'm like geez like i gotta i gotta step up the game yeah that's in- i think about that a lot because emily's called me out a few times on here about like agenda driven friendship if that makes like when i'm talking about like friending people and like my yeah. agenda or whatever and I don't always agree with her pushback, but I do think it's an interesting at the core of it. I do actually really agree with where she comes from. It's like if we were just like better friends, like if more people yeah. were beating down our doors to come to us or sharing those things, yeah. like you, what you did in this moment was so next level that it like changed the way I saw you and, and how to treat other people. Like like my faith, I think Jesus really matters, all that kind of stuff, and I really do not befriend people to share that with them, but I, I care about it so much. I want to share it with people. I think yeah. you agree with me on yeah. that. But I think like oftentimes we lead with that and we're just really shitty friends first. Like we're not, yeah. we care more about our faith than we do about people. Well, and I mean, we're humans again, by going back to how Jesus is human, we're human. And I yeah. like to be around people that I like. I like to be around people that make me laugh or that are, that are cool, that are generous. You know I mean? All these things, you know, and there was a long time when I was working in ministry where, it seems like every weirdo like <laughs> wanted to be my best friend. Yeah. And Isn't that a trip? <laughs> it's a trip, dude. And 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 you and you you see in them the need. 
for love and in family and someone to be their their hero but i i mean i really am convinced you can only do that with like three people maybe maybe six like jesus had 12 imbeciles you know and it's like how do i how do i do that um i've got a family of three son wife daughter and you know those are my three and i pour into them and and i don't know how if you have more time and energy than that how do you do it yeah so so i i had not planned to talk about this but it just popped in my mind as i was thinking about like just for lack of a term like relational evangelism or just being good friends to people and creating compelling spaces mm-hmm. one of the things that you and i agree on among other things but like i think you and i are like hey people use the term third space but like just creating spaces mm-hmm. people want to hang out yeah. and be friends and like hey if faith comes up it comes up right or if or if someone's just like, hey, I want to share how I'm struggling with the diagnosis or my marriage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, And you do that really well for other men. Um, and I was thinking like the burbs in particular. Though I don't think only men can – like anyone can join the Anyone can come. But yeah. it's most it's all guys right now at least. Mostly. I mean yeah. there will be a female or two okay. show up. Yeah. But I just thought like uh, – and you don't have to pay for this ad. <laughs> but I think like <laughs> – so you. the burbs is such a dope idea. And I think it, it has nothing to do with faith. Um, at least – I don't think it has anything to do with faith, no. but you're creating a space for like a group of people that maybe are not hanging out with anyone else around a common affinity, but like, mm-hmm. are just building friendships. Right. And yeah. so maybe, and maybe you have nothing interesting to say about it, but I just thought like, no, I do share like some thought. Cause I think that kind of stuff, like someone might be like watching and maybe they're really in their faith and they're like, I want to create a space just for people to have friend. Like for us, the values of the well are freedom, friendship and formation. Right. So we care about friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I think, is an amazing opportunity for people to find friendship and probably be formed and find freedom from things. Not, not freedom from alcohol. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's called the Burbs, and it's a it's a bourbon club, and we meet once a month, and it's had anywhere from twenty five people to like five people, and we just you just there's no not a real big agenda to it. You know, we show everyone shows up, we everyone brings a bottle, and we all share the bottles. Now, let me tell you, we use Wee Cairns because after the very first one, we realized we couldn't use full-size Glencairns because people were pouring like they were at home. Right. It's, just, it's not even about bourbon. It's yeah. not – I mean, it kind of is. you guys is. share a lot of bottles. So if you were doing full pours, you guys would be blasted by the end of this, Oh, right? yeah. 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 No, no, no. Yeah. Like it's – Wee Glencairns are tiny and you're – we only take – put a splash in because we have a, a huge bar, over 100 bottles in the bar. Yeah. So they can go to the bar after they're done. So it's not about – it's not about consumption. It's about uh, really like the education of bourbon, what's on the nose, what's on the palate, like what are you tasting, what's the mash bill. And if you're not into bourbon, totally fine. You can go to the Burbs. We have a we have a podcast. Yeah, uh, are you guys still on TikTok and a podcast? We are, but we haven't done it in a bit because we're, we're getting ready to open this retro arcade. So yeah. we've been really busy, but uh, we're, we're, we'll get back to it. And we're, we are open in the Burbs as a restaurant yeah. so, uh, as well. So that's that's been really making us busy. But all that to say – my company uh, is a company that uh, is dedicated to community, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's called Public Art Company. We started the company with the word public in it because a, a public house is a pub. And pubs are where people who you know gather 
Monday through Saturday that may also gather on Sunday at church, but it's the place, it's their gathering space where they come together in the evenings. You know, we've all seen Cheers or, yeah. you know, we know, or, or, or Ted Lasso, you know, that pub in Ted Lasso where yeah. those guys all it's go. the reason we started the well at a brewery, right? Because it's yeah. where people hang it's out. It's where people hang out. And so what we wanted to do after I left church and I didn't leave church, I just, I just quit working full time in a church after uh, the last church I planted. <clears throat> um, I wanted to still have some, I still wanted community. I still wanted to help build community. I still wanted to bring people together. And I'm actually found out I was, I'm, I'm actually better at that than I think I was being a pastor because mm-hmm. like we did a, we did a comedy night and, you know, we sold out the venue, like in, it was a big, big venue. Um, so starting to do these things where people come together, it's been, become really important to me and, and my company. And um, so we started Burbs and, and that thing has had, Many, many nights where there's no Jesus talk. Yeah. You know, there's, we've talked about everything under the sun, bourbon related, whiskey, families, relationship, um, whatever. But there has been some nights where you can tell that people are there that need to have a deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. And, and if they come to me, which this has happened a number of times out, out with a cigar in the fire, uh, fire pit outside, you know, being able to talk to people about, like young, young men who have just gotten married. I've been married 21 years. So being able to explain it, you know, young men are just going to have babies, you know, being able to say, Hey, this is what you're going to experience. And they're scared a lot of times. So they're coming to me like, what should I do? Yeah. And so that's pretty neat. I mean, that's been a really neat thing for me. And, uh, and, and I, I totally believe 100% that if you make friends with someone, eventually, the deep stuff comes. Now, if you're like the most shallow person and you never do anything deep and they're shallow, I'm not saying like, it's like, I know a lot of shallow people. Yeah. And we and, all have shallow friendships. And, right? and we also have, we're also shallow in all our own ways, but like, it, you know, if, if that's, if there's two of you and like the only thing that connects you is coffee and that's, you have a coffee hangout once a week and all you talk about is coffee and, and you're not a person who's trying going to try to go past that. Like, I don't know, man. Even then, if I'm being honest, even then there'll be a time when that other person shows up and you can just tell about their like something about their spirit, something about their demeanor. They're down. They're yeah. they're sad. Something's going on clearly, and then it's up to you as a believer to to try to go deeper, to try to find out what's going on. How can you help? How can you be yeah. a shoulder to cry on or a friend or whatever um, in another way and in a deeper way. And uh, man, I'll tell you, I just time after time after time again in my life, people have been like grateful. And the crazy thing about it is I don't even know what's going on in the moment. You know, it's like, I don't know that the things that we're talking about or the way that we're loving on them, it's to me, it's just good. It's just fun. We're hanging out. Like I'm, I'm winning because you're here, you know? And then, but then the way they see it is totally different. And I can't explain that Hmm. outside of the fact that you know, you, you try to be kind to everybody. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a part of a group of guys called the Bateo, Bateo brothers. Mm-hmm. It's B E T E O. It's from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Be excellent to each other, you know, and like so we're, we're the Bateo boys. And I like that. Well, I think like, I was just thinking like, I think what you do with the burbs is really cool um, as a way to like create a third space of friendship that like you said, can lead to those things. Mm-hmm. If someone wanted to find the burbs, yeah. When and where and how would they find it? Well, if you live in this greater St. Louis area, uh, we meet on the second Sunday of the month at Fairheart, which is uh event space my wife runs. Yeah. That's one one zero zero 
South, South Second uh, no, Street. Second, North yeah, Second Street. North Second Street. Yeah. Eleven hundred North Second Street in Frenchtown. Um and that's yeah. Or you can go to uh, the burbsofficial.com. We're on YouTube. We have a show and yeah. where we taste bourbon and we actually deep dive it. We talk about yeah. the, the podcast is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've I mean, learned like a little bit about like I've I only watch ones for ones I've had before. I should probably watch yeah. ones of ones I've not had, but um, I might come to the next, even though I'm not drinking. I, mean, I might you come should. to the next one. This you guys Saturday, do cigars? Uh, yeah, we've got some. We've got some. We do them out back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, this Saturday uh, is six three six day. And, I know. Man. And so we'll be there from five to ten, giving out free samples of bourbon and oh, um, uh, charcuterie, mm. which, which is, is a restaurant, French right? word. That's the yeah. idea. Yeah. Open face sandwiches. It's an open face sandwich. <laughs> That's right. Deconstructed sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah. De- um, yeah. deconstructing everything. Huh? That's right. Um. Yeah. Well, I think that stuff is cool. Like, I I really do. Like, I mean, our friendship is weird. And this, I again didn't plan to think about this, but like, I remember, I think the first time I met you was at a con. It was called New Wineskins. The gathering was hosting at the Clayton site, and I remember I checked in. Um, have I told you a story before? I think so. I checked in, and there are two memorable things about it. One, you were running name tag check in, mm-hmm. and they weren't alphabetized. Oh, and yeah, you were I, like, I do remember that. You, <laughs> like, if you can't find your name on uh, on a table, you shouldn't be starting a church. Yeah. Something like that. And I, was, yeah. I, I love that. The second thing was I met the pastor of the church you worked for. You worked for a church called Morningstar. Uh, and I was new to St. Louis. And Morningstar, big deal, right? Uh, big, large church. That's why I hear. And I remember uh, I met uh, the pastor. And I was like, hey, where do you work? And he's a Morningstar. And I was, or maybe it was you. It was one of you. And I was like, like the breakfast sandwich company. Oh yeah, and it was not received well. As a joke. Yeah, uh, but uh, that wasn't me because I would have thought that was funny. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Yeah, uh, but I wasn't trying to be funny. Yeah, but since I thought it's been really really yeah. funny. Um, that is funny. But it's been funny from that moment to now. It's like I remember seeing you there, but it was kind of like I felt like we connected. Like I felt like we were better friends than I remember us being. Mm-hmm. And then like one day, like we just did this, and like it feels like we've been friends forever. I felt like I felt like I think we were at a karaoke night at something at the conference. Oh, in Springfield probably? Yeah. Yeah, that's and I, true. I think that night was the night where I was like, I really like Danny. Like Danny's a cool dude. I and I think that was like I think and I think every every kind of relationship is like that. Yeah. Where it might happen right away. Lenny Kravitz or Leonard as I like to call him. Leonard Kravitz comes into the room and you know you're like, oh, that guy's cool. I want to be friends with that guy. Like yeah. immediately. Other people, it's it's just different, you know, and I think that for me that was the night and I can't remember why. Like, they had a DJ, I remember. Yeah, well, that was the night. That was back when, like, the Methodists used to go crazy in Springfield. They'd shut yeah. down. Um, which I think is what we were laughing about was, like, the fact that, I think like, we were, yeah. There are a lot of straight-laced people uh, karaoke hard. We, listen, this this next weekend, not this weekend, but the following weekend, is conference again. So I'm not going to say anything about Methodists <laughs> because I have a table there. Yeah, table to, They're great. I'm trying to sell some more <laughs> uh, podcasting. That's fun. Or whatever. Um. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna try to help you. So, no, I think they're great too. I just think it. I just f- have found it very interesting. Uh, the Midwest is different than the West Coast, where we're both from, yeah. and the Midwest, not just. I mean, Lutherans, like not just Methodists. Oh, yeah. but there, but the, but but denominations here, uh, are in a bubble, each of their own uh-huh. making. And then there is a hierarchy of coolness mm-hmm. inside of like inside. Your I show up there and just because I have a tattoo, like yeah, right, I'm right. the coolest guy in the room. And I don't think that's true at all. I don't think yeah. I'm the coolest guy in the room, even close. 
and they don't really either. But it's it's just weird. I don't yeah. know. I get I coming from here. Like I remember when I moved from Portland to St. Louis, people were like, "You're a hipster." Yeah, and I was like, "You mean I come from a place where hipsters live?" Yeah, like. It's... But people called me that too, and I mean, yeah. I'm not a hipster, uh, and I don't think you are. I think I you're more think... athletic. I think yeah. you know you've. But why? Because you have a beard, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, athleisure is my go-to. I'd be in sweatsuits all day if I could. Yeah, I'd be naked. Yeah, you would. But that's not appropriate. <sighs> could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe win heaven. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but a rabbit trail for another day. Yes. So I I think I want to wrap us up for today. Yeah, yeah we're at 40, so. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. But I want to wrap up, even though Emily's not here, uh, With do you have any recommendations? And I really <clears throat> only want to do this so that I can recommend that I went to the Shake Shack in Chesterfield, oh. and it was outrageously good. I got the cherry peppers on my double, and one of the great I forgot how much I like Shake Shack yeah and the incredible. one that was in St. Louis was like off Clayton Road and in yeah. Clayton or like Park there. it's like it's just a, it's not only that but like who's ever driving down 171 or whatever that like yeah. I'm never over there yeah. and I know a lot of people are but I'm never over there and so I had a meeting at the Caldies in Chesterfield and I was getting ready to come here and I like was getting ready to turn on the highway I was like oh no there's a shit and yeah. I like cut across all the lanes of traffic <laughs> And I loved it. It was so good. Dude, so that's Shake, my recommendation. Yeah, Shake Shack is incredible. <laughs> I've heard that there's talk that In and Out might be coming to Missouri. I think if Shake Shack can do well, In and Out can do well. I think Shake Shack, <clears throat> on popular opinion, but maybe not because no one like it's a West Coast thing. I don't think In and Out's that good. I think Shake Shack's oh, better than In and Out. You're crazy. You don't and think Shake Shack's better than In and Out? No. In oh. and Out are In and Out, and there's a and there's a, a place called PJs or TJs. I can't remember. PJ Terry's in Texas okay. that they're better. Um, but I really like Shake Shack. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think In-N-Out's fine. But, like, I remember I loved – so I used to – so I grew up in Oregon. The closest one to Portland was Redding. It's an 11-hour drive. Um, and I would, as a youth student, our youth group would take a once-a-year trip. We'd drive there, eat. We'd bring a couch. We'd put it in the parking lot. <laughs> and then we would drive back. As a youth pastor, yeah. I would do that. Yeah. And then I remember, though, like, I went there as a youth, and then I went to a – at this point, there were no Sonics, in, uh-huh. at least in Portland, where I was. And I went to a, a baseball trip spring break in Arizona at Sonic, <laughs> and I was like, this tastes exactly like in and out to me. Oh, you're crazy. You and I could do a whole podcast about fast food, I think even though I know a lot more, as you can tell by my physique. Uh, have you ever been to Dick's in Seattle? No, where's that? Oh, is there's it a like six place? of them. Yeah, they're, it's like a. It looks like a '50s walk up. You can't. It's the. It's. Is you, it maybe I had? Is it in like orange only in Seattle proper? Yes. Yeah, and there's like six of them. I don't think I've been there, but my posse, the posse's on Broadway. Like like uh, Sir Mix a Lot. He's he does he, that videos on the top of the dicks. Okay, uh, and so is uh, Sir Mix a Lot from Seattle. Yeah. What? You didn't know that? And then no. so and then and then Macklemore did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. he has a on the top of Dicks. He did a the music video there too. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and when I was coming up, like the burgers, like you could get a cheeseburger, a single patty for like fifty nine cents. Like yeah. it was incredible. I loved it. Um, yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I think they're I think they're good. And actually, I moved here from Austin, and there was no good burger places. I could not find a good burger place except for Carl's, not Carl's Drive-In, but that Carl's over near Kirkwood. Yeah, like Carl's uh, Drive-In. Yeah, that yeah. place it's in Rock Hill. I like live. <sighs> that place is good. Yeah, except for they're rude to you, which I don't like. It, they're rude, and they're so small. They shut down during COVID and reopened mm-hmm. up under. But 
they're consistently like one of the top burgers in St. Such Louis. a good burger. Yeah. Um, and it's like they do smash burgers, right? Um, I would recommend uh, a couple things. One, uh, a book that I'm reading. I think it's called Stumbling Towards Eternity. It was supposed to be called The Good Death by Josh White. Uh, okay. He's a pastor at uh, Open Door. Door of Hope. Door of Hope. That's what it is in yeah. Portland. And um, it's incredible. He's a good author. It's a good book. He is a guy who does not pull punches and okay. he doesn't mess around. Like his dad, his dad was an alcoholic uh, addict and was dying. And, and like he talks about this, the, he had no relationship with his dad and I didn't either. So like listening to him talk about it, incredible. Yeah. But uh, so I'd recommend that book. It's it's meant a lot to me and I'm not done, but it's been really cool. Um, it's called what? Stumbling Towards Stumbling heaven? Towards Eternity, I think okay. is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, his name's Josh White. Yeah. Um, and... You know, food and beverage wise, um, you know, I've been really enjoying. Uh, I've been really enjoying some uh, Corona. I saw them in your fridge. Yeah, but that's extra. I like Corona Light better. But okay. yeah, I've been enjoying that. But if you're not of age or you don't believe in drinking alcoholic beverages, uh, we get Propel in the little packets. Yeah, and we pour them in our water. Yeah, and it hydrates you. Yeah. Well, I'll say. So I've uh, today is 51 days without drinking, um, and Athletic Brewing, their yeah. non-alcoholic beers non-alcoholic. are so good. Yeah, they have good IPAs. But their IPAs are incredible, but mm-hmm. they have a light one. It's like 25 calories. Love it. It's yeah. a great summer drinker. Yeah. Like it's spe- like honestly and too if you're drinking like Miller Light or Coors Light or Bud Light, it's like this thing is cuz you're not going to get drunk off of Bud Light anyway. Well, yeah, that's not And what, this has half the calories. Yeah. It's like I would drink those even if I was still drinking, I would drink them. Yeah. So um, that's awesome yeah well hey this is fun uh, next week we got Emily back maybe hopefully or maybe you have more of this boring maybe crap it's more, maybe I'm gone and maybe it's you two but whatever it is I don't know we'll see um, either way I think it's time to embrace, embrace the, the journey. journey there it is that was pretty good that was good <laughs>